G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. One of the things God talks about in His Word is baptizing us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Wow, hasn't that caused some controversies across the church? But let's forget about the denominational baggage for a moment. Question is, if God wants to drench us in His Spirit, well, that's a good thing, isn't it? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program as today we take a look at the work of the Holy Spirit from a different perspective. And do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about the powerful prayer that could be coming your way to help you through whatever you happen to be dealing with in your life just at the moment. One of the things I've been learning as I journey through my life with Jesus at my side is that I just can't achieve much on my own. Now, let me explain that. People do clever, brilliant, powerful and effective things apparently without the help of God all the time. There are plenty plenty of brilliant musicians, gifted leaders, effective counsellors and so on who don't believe in Jesus. And before I came to faith in Christ almost two decades ago now, I was able to do plenty of pretty good things. I was part of building an international IT consulting firm. I can make a piano sing, as it were. But when I came to faith in Jesus... What I discovered was that when it comes to doing things of eternal significance, like the thing that I'm doing right now with you, well, on my own, I can do nothing. I can probably entertain you. I can probably engage you and and a whole bunch of other things. But the one thing I cannot do is affect a change in your heart that will impact you eternally. It turns out that that's something that only God can do. How do I know that? Because Jesus told us, John chapter 15, verse 5, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them will bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. So in order for you and for me to bear fruit, fruit that really, truly makes a powerful difference in the lives of others, we need to be connected, grafted into Jesus, who is the vine. And when you think about it, the thing that flows from the vine to the branches to allow the branch to thrive and and to grow and to bear fruit is the sap of the plant. In this analogy of Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit. One of the things that makes me really sad is that the Holy Spirit and how he works in our lives is the source of so much conflict and disagreement between the different denominations of the church. It seems that everyone has, well, a different perspective. But as we saw yesterday on the program, John the Baptist said something interesting about the Holy Spirit and what Jesus would do through the Spirit in our lives. Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. He said that Jesus would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and, as it turns out, with fire. Well, that's something of a mixed metaphor because that baptism really means, the Greek word baptizo, 
to be drowned and drenched and changed in something. For instance, if a ship sank and went under, it had been baptizoed. If a piece of cloth was put in some dye and changed its colour, it had been baptizoed. So to be baptised in the Holy Spirit means to be dunked and drenched and changed by the Holy Spirit. Imagine that piece of fabric coming out of the liquid dye. It's dripping, completely saturated, and on top of that, it's a brand new colour. That's the picture. That's what it means to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Now, much of the controversy in the church surrounds the question of timing. When does this happen? Does it happen to every believer the moment they believe, or is it something that happens later? Seriously, as though we can put God in a box like this and tell him he either has to do it this way, at this point of a coming to faith, or at some later time. Can I tell you something? My Bible, don't know about yours, but my Bible actually contains an historical record of both instances. For instance, Cornelius and his family, when Peter the Apostle preaches the good news to them for the very first time, Acts chapter 10, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. Right, went right when they first believed. But in Ephesus, you know what? It happened totally differently. Acts chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. Seems to me that the point isn't when or how. God's going to do what God's going to do. And I, for one, am not about to put him in a box and tell him how he has to do things. Whilst every believer may have the Holy Spirit in them, and again, God's word makes it clear that unless we do, we don't belong to Christ, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Not every believer is drenched in the Spirit. Not every believer has yielded their lives completely to God and given the Holy Spirit sway in every part of their life. Not, not every believer is drenched in the Spirit. Plenty, in fact, walk more in the flesh, in their own worldly desires, than they do in the Spirit. Again, that's something that God's Word makes absolutely clear. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh will set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they'll set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. So, my friend, the question for each one of us is simply this. Have we yielded our lives to Christ? Have we invited him to have complete sway in every corner of who we are, every nook, every cranny? Or are we holding something back? I know people, for instance, who say they love God, and they do, absolutely, and yet they choose to live together, man and woman, without being married. See, that's holding something back. That's doing something that God says don't do. That's not honouring to God. And people who deliberately hold something back can't be fully drenched in the power of the Spirit because it's like wrapping cling wrap over part of our lives. You go down to be baptized in the Spirit and you come out and not all of you can be changed. I decided a long time ago, after being caught 
as though in limbo by this this futile, senseless argument about how and when we're baptised in the Holy Spirit to give the whole thing a miss. When and how is completely not the point. The point is that I can be drenched in the Spirit, that every part of me, every bit of sin and stubbornness within me is open to the Spirit of Christ, that I hold nothing back. And that way, that way, when Jesus comes into my life with, with his winnowing fork to get rid of the chaff, to burn that, that sin, that, that horrible stuff, that useless chaff in the unquenchable fire, he has free reign and free access to do so. Because what I want to do with my life, I, I really want to walk in the Spirit, to be guided in all things by Christ, to have the power of God, to travel the roads he calls me to travel and to go through the trials he calls me to go through. Now, walking in the Spirit is something we're going to talk a whole lot more about next week. But for the moment, let me ask you this. Have you been drenched in the Spirit of God? Have you yielded your life completely and utterly to Christ so that he can get about sorting out the wheat from the chaff? Because Jesus wants to baptize each one of us with the Spirit and with fire. like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 